Hello and welcome to the second episode of Planet X Cinema, the podcast. Uh, we are a pop-up movie theater in the great state of Texas, showing movies in a genre we call righteous trash. These are uh, bizarro films, old splatterhouse, Hollywood B-movie classics, uh, straight-to-video kitty flicks, basically movies that uh, don't quite add up or haven't found their audience yet. But I can't stress enough, these are all movies we love dearly. We don't show anything we don't love. That's kind of our one rule. But on this podcast, we're not here to talk to you about existing movies. No, uh, we are here to invent totally new ones. So I am Drew Hicks, along with my brother Blair Hicks. We are the hosts and creators of Planet X Cinema. Um, And on this podcast, we take suggestions from the Planet X community for hypothetical new Righteous Trash films, and we uh, make them. It's like a writer's room, but like a really, really really bad one. Uh, Hopefully there's some humor on the way. If you've got an idea for a righteous trash film, if you've got a great title for, oh, I don't know, an alien abduction movie from the 80s, or, oh, I don't know, a 1970s jukebox opera based on the works of, mm, let's say, ELO, go ahead and send us those suggestions over at planetxcinema.com at gmail.com. You can also find us at planetxcinema.com and you can submit your ideas there. But without further ado, on to this week's show. Okay, so I have just sent you a link. Were you able to open that link? (laughs) Yeah, I was able to open the stupid link. Okay, good. All right, so here's what I want you to do. Every bad version of the Monster Mash. Well, so as we discussed, Halloweeners needed a theme song. You proposed In Vogue covering the Monster Mash with kind of a New Jack Jack Swing sort of thing. So I went out to see, does such a version of the Monster Mash exist? And uh, let me just tell you, it's it's a deep rabbit hole. Versions of the Monster Mash. Um, also, oh, I know it is. Have you have you heard when the the original guy redid it as a rap song? No, but I, I've heard the sequel. There is a sequel. Yeah, no, I know. Song. But I don't know. So in the eighties, he redid it as like a, a novelty rap song that will oh blow your fucking mind. Well, so I was I was digging through this, and by the way, I gotta say, like, there's a lot of electronic musicians and like indie musicians that have released songs called Monster Mash. And like, guys, you can't do that. You can't just be like, this is, this is John's stairway to heaven. Like, no, Monster Mash. When I was going through the free music archive though, you have no idea the kind of shit where I was like, that is a very popular song. You can't call it that. a song called Born to Run. I'm sorry, you just, (laughs) that's just not gonna happen. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so so I went through and I picked up uh, some Monster Mash tracks. Now, here's what I want you to do. Uh, I want you to listen to these in order, and then I will come in later on the stream, and I will drop in like 10 seconds of these. So uh, the first one is, is Monster Mash by Angelus. Or Angelus, do we know? Or Angolies. <laughs> Ang- Ang- Angelus. Ang- Ang- this is like the Vangelis 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 thing. Alright, how's that first one hit you? That's that's very on brand for like ninety-three. It sounds like um oh I cannot remember the band's name. I'm the lead singer with the lady that wears really big hats. I can't remember her name. <laughs> okay. Matter. Okay, uh, but candidate, right? Angelus Angelese. Absolutely. It's in there. Okay, okay. All right. Here's another one. Don't think it's a great candidate, but it does come from kids rapping the hits. I like it when kids rap. All right, let's do this. Let's see here. That's that's, uh, a little too little kiddish. Though. Yeah, I agree. What I really like is it has the like '90s gangster rap whistle in it, like, the whole time. Oh, like, you mean that high synth, the gray, yeah, yeah, gray yeah, yeah. Synth. Yeah, um, I do, I do like that, but I think for a movie like aimed at tweens, you don't want to have like little kids, little kids doing it. Yeah. Okay. So the next three are basically the exact same. Um, I think the drunken ramblings version is probably the most listenable. 
but for obvious reasons, I think neither the drunken ramblings nor faster pussycat are going to make it into a Disney movie. Yeah, that drunken ramblings thing isn't gonna, that's just not gonna cut it. I thought kind of a pop punk thing might work, but um, okay. Now, now as, we. It's not as good as that Angela's one because okay. that's that's very 90 okay. to 93. Well, now, now we're going to get into the good stuff. And, and these last three, I think, are great candidates. If the film is set, like we, we waffled a little bit. It was in the early 90s. It might have been contemporary. I think it's got to be the Angelus one if it's from 1993, but you have yeah. got to listen to these next three. Okay, um, I'm going to listen to... a super self-serious one from Good Air. Good Air. I'm going to put it on. Let's see here. Air aside from a monster from a slab Began to rise and suddenly to my surprise He did the match that is actually not bad for an early 90s. That is like the Matthew Sweet version of the exactly, Monster Mash. Yeah, it's like Matthew Sweet or like a little like uh, Death Cab. Yeah, but it's not so like late 90s, early 2000s that it doesn't sound like I said, like, like, mm -hmm. um, like, uh, not girlfriend, but everything after that that Matthew Sweet did, the, mm -hmm. you know, um, Baby, we're the same, and those kinds of songs. It yeah, sounds exactly yeah. like that. Well, what I also like about this is I can see a Disney executive like, like getting the marching order. Like, okay, the 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 song has to be Monster Mash, and he's like, right. what do kids like? Do kids like Matthew Sweet? I guess still like. <laughs> well, like if it was the '90s, this actually I'm gonna listen to some more of this. Show. Hold on, real quick. <laughs> The thing is, is it sounds like the type of music that little Susie Buttcut would like. Yeah, it also, it has a great breakdown at like the two and a half minute mark where it gets real, like, real gentle. I th once, once the drums kick in, I like it. Before that, it does sound kind of like Death Cab. But once the drums kick in with that, like, slow 60s surf beat, it's actually, like, it's kind of good. I, I like it. I kind of okay. like it. All right. All right. So let's go to the next one. The next one is from All-Star Weekend. All-Star All Weekend, the Monster Mash. Let's try this one here. It's like, what's up, all you trick-or-treaters? And it's just I think like, that, I you. it's so that, dark in here. Where are my friends? That's the version you play over the credits. It's right? so, like, unless this last one blows me away, which it might, I'm just saying right now as it stands, that Angela's one is the one that they play at the actual mm -hmm. costume contest. And then All-Star Weekend's version, that's the credits version right there. Okay, because all right. Also, so, okay, wait. So, so I have to say, his delivery of from the lab—what is it from the from the laboratory in the castle east to the vampire's keep? Yes. Like his delivery of that is fucking fresh. Like I, I actually like no joke. Kind of jam it's on that one. Really part. good. Okay. I'm not. I I think music like that is under. Like I even like the kind of synth sound, the kind of like, um, uh, Britney early Britney Spears era like synth sound is just like boom, boom, boom. Oh, like, I like it. I'm, that's kind of, all right, I'm all right. Just, so the last one, I think, is, well, I don't know. I just, I, I, I want your opinion on this one. Uh, it is from a group called Only the Young. Only the Young. Only the Young Die Old, Drew. For my monster from his life began to arise And suddenly, to my surprise He did the mash. He did the monster that's fresh. <laughs> you like that? Dude, I like bad 
teen music so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, did, you, did you think that that band was made up of four 15-year-olds with asymmetrical haircuts? Because you were right. Uh, I cheated and looked at the little thumbnail, which kind of looks like 12-year-olds that uh, got a hold of a Cure record and were like, this is us. We're doing this. Yeah, um, this, I think this is what like 13-year-olds think goth is now. Um, well, it's... I, that one I, kid is straight up wearing an SS officer's hat. I mean, goth is a look. If you think about like '80s bands that were goth, they were all just playing pop music. It's fine. Like, but what I'm toward that like that sounds like a Disney song, though. right? That's why I put it on there. So I think really what I like is this is going to sound weird, but I like that version for the pageant and the all-star weekend version for the credits i think yeah i think all-star weekend wins for me um the 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 only other way to add another one would be is if you were you were going to try to do that movie trope and i like this like they do this in great movies like uh, the long night and stuff where there's only one song in the movie but you hear a bunch of different versions either like on people's radios or being played at people people's parties I'm telling and i can this movie is 80 minutes tops if you put three monster mashes in there that's 50 percent of the fucking movie you gotta play something over the credits my dude like i don't I agree know with you, man. like that that to me is three perfect places to play the monster mash I, you got i i spent i spent half an hour listening to nothing but the monster mash this morning and i'm <laughs> i'm lucky to be alive right now <laughs> like that song is is just auditory poison. If I remember correctly, and I may be mis- misremembering this, so I'll be very general. My understanding is that the original artist did that as part of like a nightclub act. Like he just did this Dracula voice and then he recorded the song and that's how it became a hit. And I, I've always really liked that song, maybe because I don't have very good taste, but like, I've always liked it. So it's, I don't know. It's kind if of, you, if you have not seen Bobby Pickett perform that song live. Oh, I have, dude. My God, the, the contortions that that guy goes through are like, <laughs> I mean, they make, they make the Marx Brothers look like chumps. Like, oh no, he, he looks like he's trying, like he, he looks like his face is trying to escape from his skull. Well, it looks kind of like one of those movies where somebody accidentally ingests a drug before they have to do something important. And then when they're in the middle of doing something important, they realize it and they're trying to fight off the effects of a powerful hallucinogen. (laughs) You know, like by trying to control their muscles that they medically have no control over. <laughs> it's a battle, man. He's it, fighting a fight. He's fighting oh. a war out there. <laughs> Bobby Pickett. All right. Well, there's the theme song for Halloweeners. Uh, I like big that. Success, big success on Halloweeners. I feel like we, we really, we knocked it out of the park with the first Planet X Studios production. Success is uh, such a strong word, but I'll go I, with you. No, I love it. I want to see it, man. I do want to see it really bad. I want to see it. Okay. It, would, it would make my Planet X children's films list, which does actually exist, you know. I, yeah, yeah. There's a lot hey, of them out there. So we need, a, we need a new movie this week. Uh, we did Halloweeners last week. What do, you, what do you got? You got one for us? I do. I have a movie title um, okay. that was it. sent to us uh, by my friend uh, Ben Bellamy. You know Ben. I know Ben. Ben sent me a great list of titles. I picked one off of there that just made me laugh and have been uh, sort of (laughs) trying not to come up with an idea for it because it makes me laugh. The title of the film is How Great Thou Aren't. (laughs) Okay. How Great Thou Aren't. That's right. How Great Thou Aren't. Okay. Um... A lot of ways you can go with this. Yeah, I'm. I mean, it, like, hmm. It sounds like a. It sounds almost like a Zucker Brothers screwball comedy to me. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but I don't know if that's right. Like, well, okay, the t- okay. Well, okay. Obviously, the, what, the, what's what's looking us in the face is it's religious. 
Or it it's has to uh, be. like a con job, like a guy that pretends to be a minister and... Yeah, there's something religious. I mean, it has to, right? It's right there. It's... Yeah, it has it. It, it has to be. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't hate con job. It could be like a fish called Wanda, like a. Yeah. Well, I was thinking just off the top there, uh, you know, like the preacher is pulling some kind of music man scam on the town. Okay. Okay. You know, and then he falls in love with the town. The, I don't think that's what we'll end up with, but it suggests that type of movie. I really don't want to go back into Disney straight straight to Disney movies, though. Yeah. I don't want to be hard. It sounds like it would have like a dark a dark kind of sense of humor. This could be like an alternate title for Bruce Almighty. <laughs> like I, I would, I think there's an alternate universe where that movie's called "How Great Thou Art." How great thou art, man! And and it was such a better movie in that alternate. <laughs> Uh, just just because of the title um yeah it's i okay, how great thou art how great it's thou a art. lot of room to operate um i also thought about kind of a on the on the con job i'm thinking right now kind of a waking ned divine thing where you have a tiny congregation uh of a small country church okay performing a con a la waking ned divine you know or maybe maybe even it's maybe it's not a con movie maybe i like the idea of like a small town church congregation and Mm -hmm. then there's like maybe they're divided hey is this also an alternate title for sister act it's an alternate title (laughs) for every movie that tries to secularize religion for okay for for the for the uh, <laughs> American movie going public. Okay, okay. Um, I want to put this. Hmm. Oh, what about this? Yeah, I got one. Okay. Um, so we're always talking about like um, some. Of our family comes from very very small towns, and we're always amazed that no matter how small the town is that you go to, there's always more than one Baptist church. There's like the first Baptist church. And the second Baptist church, so there's like the first Baptist church, and then there's like, you know, the Episcopalian church right across that. Church. What if it was like two churches feuding a la grumpy old men? Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let me put a spin on this. What if, I'm not saying we do this dramatically, but what if we go the Mississippi burning or witness route where this is a cop who has to go to this small town and pretend to be a preacher in order to like solve a crime like he's going undercover okay why would why would you need to pretend to specifically be a preacher okay what if you know there's another is it like no yeah i was thinking cold but then i also had another Mm -hmm. idea real quick before before we get too far into it there's Mm -hmm. another like underused religious character that we could use okay what do you got the bible salesman oh okay so we could we could we could do that and also if you wanted to do an undercover cop or something they could have to infiltrate the community Mm -hmm. and they figured that the best way to get to everybody's house was to you know be a door-to-door salesman what do you sell in the heartland you sell bibles door-to-door in the 1960s or something like that so you think this film is from the 60s well i'm just pitching an idea a very a very broad idea here's here's what i was thinking like what if this was an 80s one of those 80s like action comedies that kind of came out in the wake of like die hard and lethal weapon like kind of trying to be action movies but also kind of trying to be screwball comedies yeah the buddy cop film yeah yeah and like so i'm thinking like we have it's almost like a fletch like the guy it's like only one of fletch's characters like he has to pretend to be the priest but he's also casing the town but see, I mean, it could be that, right? Like, what if it's like, what if there's like a bank in town? Oh, no, that's just that the, the Tom Hanks Coen Brothers movie. Like, well, what if there's like a I... bank in town and it's next to the church and so he has to like pretend to be the preacher, but then it's literally just that movie. I thought of that movie and then I was like, why am I thinking of the Coen Brothers? And it was because of Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Which sounds very much like... 
Oh, yeah. How Great Thou Art. Um, it's such a good title. It suggests so much. Um, I think we've got to kind of settle on... Let's settle on the type okay. of movie. We've got to settle on like buddy cop or I think we're definitely doing a crime film here. So let's let's do this. Let's talk about what it isn't. Okay. Um, number one, I don't think this is a it's not a horror movie. I think horror no. is horror is straight up. Uh, I don't think it has any sci-fi elements in it. I think it is grounded in reality. I think um, it's a dark comedy. I like that, like a like a fiasco film, yeah. Like um I like that. It could be like a fiasco film that you know, as as the lies mount up, the ending just like spins out of control, and the whole town's blowing up. And you know, uh, it's like a it's like a Coen Brothers movie, but it's like a Raising Arizona. Yeah, again, like more, I guess a little more charming. But I'd like for it to have some. I'd like for it to be kind of, um, you know, uh, a grower like Office Space, one of those versus a shower. Yeah, as opposed to a shower. Okay. Yeah, it's it's you know it's a it's a you know at first blush you're not impressed, but um, uh, what am I trying to say here? Um, okay, it starts small, and then it it builds in complexity and and zaniness over time. Yeah, okay. here, here's what I want to do. You know how um, you know how sometimes when you're stuck trying to come up with an idea, it's best to just Put something out there, right? Right. Okay, here you go. Carl Weathers is in this film. Oh, I want I want Carl Weathers in this film. Okay, great. He's in it. And I think it's like jacked Carl Weathers. Like post-Predator, big buff Carl Weathers is in this movie. Is Carl Weathers going to be our protagonist, or is he going to be like our local man who's hip to what's going, or he's trying to figure oh, out what's man. going on? Man, I like Carl Weathers as a buff cop pretending to be a preacher. That's actually really good. <laughs> I like that image a whole lot. I like it a lot. Okay. And also, as long as we're keeping it in a tiny church, it gives us a good excuse to play with characters. We've got deacons. We've got, like, the old lady in town. We've got the choir. There's a lot oh, to Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. But why, but, is, why is he pretending? Like, we got to – That's right. We've got to get to the yeah. got to get to the nut of this. Why? Because that could be the other thing. Carl Weathers could still be a cop. But he's trying to get the con man. See, that's what I think it is. Like, th so we 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 really need two characters. We need Carl Weathers, the cop pretending to be a preacher, and then we need the guy he's trying to bring down. Well, or or is Carl oh, Weathers? Oh, I got it. Okay, How about you got this? it. Go go get. Yeah. Okay. How about this? He's trying to solve the Bible salesman murders. There's a guy. There's a guy pretending to be a Bible salesman going through whatever rural part of the country we want to send this through. Oh, my God, yes. And he's he's just straight up murdering. And they do the cop thing where they have the map with the pins in it, and they're drawing lines, and they're like, the next, you know, the next city, the next city has got to be, you know, Hope Springs Eternal, Missouri, whatever it is. Yeah. And they're like, they, their minister just left. Um, yeah, okay, here we go. Yeah, okay, so there's a string of murders happening across uh, middle America. Um, no, we got to Weathers... keep it tight. It's like across the tri-county area. It's got to be... Even better, even better. Tight, tight. Yeah. Got to keep it tight. Sure. Uh, the, everywhere, the, everywhere where the murderer goes, they're not sure how he's doing it, how he's gaining entry into people's homes. Uh, but the next place he's going to hit is Springville, Ohio, or something. And they have a big billboard outside that says, Welcome to Springville, God's country. Yeah. Or like Jesus perfect, loves you. <laughs> yeah, perfect, perfect little middle America town. Carl Weathers Jesus, drops in. Jesus loves you and welcomes you to... But here's the thing. Here's the thing. They Okay, here's what I think they do. They basically, like, shut down the surrounding area so they know the killer has to be in town. But when Carl Weathers arrives, the killer could be anyone. Like, he doesn't know. So he's going around town asking, like, who's new in town? Like, who just got here? Who's not familiar? That sort of stuff. But he can't come in as a cop because it'll scare away the killer. And that's why he has to go in undercover. And they just lost their preacher, so that's what he's going to do. Okay. So are we going to nix the Bible salesman guy? No, no, no. I think, it, I think it is the Bible salesman. So you either have to – okay, the opening scene of this movie 
is either showing that the Bible salesman is the killer. So there's some dramatic irony when Carl Withers shows up because we know who the killer is, but he doesn't. Okay. I think if it's a true Planet X film, they're not thinking like that. So we just, we don't know who it is. And we discover it's the door-to-door Bible salesman. Okay, so here's I what also, we do. Hold on, I also think you need a scene at the beginning of this, like a cold open on Carl Weathers' character, where we show him as like foul-mouthed, he loves drinking, he loves smoking. Uh, like, He's like Rockford, he lives in like a caravan on the beach. Yeah, and so when he gets to the small town, they're like, I have to be a what? Like, I have to be a preacher? Like, that's not me. Like, look, I'm super jacked, and I love to drink and smoke, and I curse. And I have, he has a very strong affection for firearms. Totally. Yeah, yeah. So I want to I ape the sister act thing where, like, she's a Vegas showgirl pretending to be a nun. I right. Think like, an action movie star who has to pretend to, like, you know, comfort widowers. And Well, this movie was like, released before sister act, so now we can sue her. Yeah. All <laughs> right. Yeah, I like this. I, I think what you also will do in the kind of the the first act well yeah the first act when he's in the town he's trying to sniff out who it might be um <laughs> everyone in the town is kind of eerie and odd yeah, kind of yeah. like the the burbs or something where like you kind of mm-hmm. go like everyone looks really weird and he doesn't know who it could be because like you have all these weird characters and the fact that it's a rural setting gives you kind of like carte blanche to be bad to be shitty to people who live in the country and just go like farmers are creepy you know like that kind of thing or the librarian is really creepy like everyone's creepy well yeah and i think like i think you've got a character at the diner who's like a trucker who's just passing through town and he's like oh it's it's got to be him like He's like That's creepy. very hot fuzz. That's very hot fuzz, though, where, like, the new cop comes to town and suspects the clearly, you know what I mean? But I think, yeah, I think, like, you have to, there are going to be people he can just write off, like, right away. Like, the, the lady that owns the diner. Like, she's not the killer because she lives in this town. So it's got to be somebody who's, like, passing through or relatively new to town. So he's going to go, like, check out, like, the, the hotel on the outskirts of the, of the town or whatever. Okay, so like all, all of the all of the quote unquote permanent citizens of God's country, Springville, Ohio, they're off the suspect list. Right. Okay. Okay, yeah. So so it's gotta be sort of transient people. Is that interesting enough? Do we do we is there enough we can do with that? Well, no. That's what I like the idea of this like cat and mouse game between the fake preacher and this guy who's going door to door selling bibles and then just gruesomely murdering the fuck out of people Mm. (laughs) like Mm. because because then you're cut like you're you're doing the cut you're cutting back and forth and it becomes like a chase movie yeah i think that's better right like we gotta we've got to know who the killer is so we can see carl withers character getting closer and closer to my yeah my my idea for the film would be like, look, we've been following this string of murders that is leading to this town. Someone is coming to this town to murder people. Uh-huh. What we have to do is give the Bible salesman enough time in the town to kill people before Carl Weathers is on to him. Why? Okay, here's what we do. We could do. What? What is the Bible salesman murderer's story does he have a story that's interesting enough to be like the b plot so we have the Mm. the carl the carl weathers character is almost he's almost the audience surrogate he's funny we like him he's like like a rowdy rowdy piper type hero though Mm -hmm. he's not super multi-dimensional you know He's caught pretending to but be a like, preacher. Uh, yeah, it's like uh, Doc Hollywood or something, right? It's like yeah. we're seeing the small town through his big city eyes. So why don't we give this? Why don't we give the murderer the screwy, weird plot? Okay. Yeah, I don't hate that. I just think you're going to have a problem if if he knows that the killer travels around town going door to door, and his calling card is a Bible, like he's a Bible salesman. Uh, I don't know. I Wouldn't like he that. just be like, "Hey, don't don't open your door for the Bible salesman. <laughs> like I'm yeah, a cop." So, yeah. so I think I think if we're going to do this undercover preacher thing, there has to be a reason that he needs to get in with the congregation. I feel like I'm too committed to this idea of a Bible salesman that murders people because I think that's a movie in and of itself. Um, maybe that's how great thou art. 
Maybe Carl Weathers is a door-to-door Bible salesman that murders people. Uh, I don't. I don't buy Carl Weathers as like a murder villain. He's playing against type. He's. He's. You know. Yeah. I mean, that would explain why you know why this movie made it into the Planet X pile. Yeah. Um, Wait, Carl Weathers made a movie where he murders people as a Bible salesman? Yeah, we're showing it this weekend. It's great. You should come out. I don't know, man. I think the nugget is is undercover preacher. I, I, I think it's right there in the title, like how great thou art. Like he's we are pretending to be something he's not. All right. And I, 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 I love the idea of him being a cop. Look, it doesn't have to be Carl Weathers. I just threw that out to get the ball rolling. But I like the idea of steroid jacked out of his mind, Carl Weathers, former NFL player in in the 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 black robe with the white collar okay so i just think it's of, funny all right okay so all right think, i'll make it even funny well no i don't want well to. i was gonna say i think we're <laughs> i think we're too deep down into it let's pull out a little bit we're gonna keep okay. our premise the the undercover cop who's a preacher now okay. you could go a couple of ways with this it, it's kind of the arnold schwarzenegger like kindergarten cop yes yes of, so or red beat or like yeah like the, uh, that's yeah. That's what yeah. I'm going for here. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Action hero in 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 actually a comforting, you know, social position. So that's that's where your comedy's going to come from. I feel like we're going to make our second like feel good movie in a row, which is kind of funny. Um, no, nah, man, I think we got to go like you got to go screwball comedy, but like dirty hairy action. Like I think this guy has a magnum. I think he's blowing people through windows. Like. I think he's like a fighting preacher. Dude, could we go could we go like um what's the Arnold movie where he fights the devil? Oh, uh uh End of, End Days. of Days. End of Days. Yeah. Could we could we go where like they send him because it's a seemingly just related string of crimes and it turns out Carl Weathers actually has to fight the devil? Oh man, I like that. That's a Planet X movie. How great thou art, Carl Weathers, big city cop, pretends to be well, a preacher, and fights the devil. So you know what it is, though? No, no, no. Okay, we're, we're going to come all the way back around. So okay. it is the traveling Bible salesman. He comes to your door. He hands you the Bible. He kills you. He leaves the Bible behind. Carl Weathers is assigned to this case, right? Like this string of Bible sale murders is happening, but we don't know what the guy looks like. We know, we think we know what his next target is, though. It's this town. And in every town, like, he goes after religious people. He's trying to kill, like, he's got an obsession with killing, like, little grandmas who, you know, go to church every Sunday or whatever, right? Right, right, right. Carl Withers is like, all right, I'm going to infiltrate that church and wait for this guy to show up. So, like, he, he gets there. He gets to know the community. We do some funny scenes where he's, you know, people are making fun of him because he's, like, got huge muscles and he's supposed to be a preacher and all that stuff. Then I think the Bible salesman, the first murder pops off. So he knows that the Bible salesman is in town. And we opening, know. Opening scene of this movie yeah. is the minister getting murdered by the Bible salesman. Perfect. Perfect. So, so another one pops off. So the guy is in town. The, the Bible salesman murder is in town. And now Carl Weathers has to like, we'll give him a couple little like, you know, side adventures with some escalating tension where he has to like, you know, he thinks he's in a bar and the bar and catches on fire, whatever it is. Doesn't matter. Okay. But the big showdown is in the church, right? At the very end of the movie, he chases the Bible salesman there, and the Bible salesman reveals that he is the literal devil. He is the literal devil. That's the third act twist. That's, that's yes, this works. This is the film. Yeah. This is the film. So what, what we, know, we know that something supernatural is going on with the killer, but we're not really sure why or what's happening, and then at the end, he's the literal devil. It's perfect righteous trash, too, because it's an idea that Stephen King would have written 10 pages on and gone, this is shit. I, and can't, I, can't, like, I can't publish this. Like, <laughs> but it's, it's a Stephen King I mean, King I published public, an right? orgy scene with a bunch of 12-year-olds in it, but even I have standards. Yeah, yeah, no. This, this is just garbage. And, and, that's, and that's when, when <laughs> the people who make righteous trash films step in and go like, oh, no, we got Carl Weathers. This is going to be fine. Okay, I oh, really, really well, like and and the killer isn't called the Bible salesman killer. He has to be called like like uh, like the gentleman devil or something. That like, is the worst name I have ever heard in my entire life. It has, it has to be something like like okay, yeah, but it's like you know I don't know Southern Satan or you know the the rambling demon or something. And that way, at the end, when he's like, I finally caught up with you. <laughs> Gentleman devil, he's like, yeah, but guess what? I'm the actual real devil. <laughs> like, 
Okay, so I and, think... And, sorry, sorry. I just, I want to put this shot in. Last scene in the church, they're at each ends of the aisle, right? The dude's right. Up, on the, up on the dais. Maybe he does a Bram Stoker's Dracula thing where he sets a cross on fire or something. I don't know. I like the church burning. I think that's fun. Uh, he turns around and Dude, when he's... The church burning is fun, Drew. You're not wrong. Yeah. Uh, so, like, when he steps off the dais into the aisle, he steps out of his shoes and he has cloven hooves. Okay, that's good. I like that. So he's like, oh, like, there's no, there's no denying. Like, this dude is actually the devil. <laughs> and by the way, when he goes full devil, claymation. It's claymation. Oh, cool. I love it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely claymation devil. And One of those, like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's that. I think it may also be, like, uh, depending on when it is, it's either, like, that really shitty transformational CG that everyone was obsessed with in, like, 1990 where, like, you know, like, T-1000 turns into a puddle, or somebody's face would just turn into somebody else's face. No, no, like, I think it's I think it's earlier 80s than that. Cool. Yeah, then it's claymation all the way. 384, and it's like, the you're going to have that kind of knockoff Stan Winston transformation, but when mm-hmm. he gets big, it's just going to be claymation. And, and it has to do that thing where, like, they, they because they did it in claymation, like, they had to make a claymation model of the actual actor, and so there's yeah. that one shot where you can tell he's, like, moving all weird and jerky as he turns into the thing. When Carl Weathers figures out that he's going to corner the uh, Bible salesman mm-hmm. at, in the church, what he's going to do is he's going to take his beloved firearms and he's going to start taping them under the pews. <laughs> because <laughs> what there's going to be is when he goes full devil, Carl Weathers is going to do like a I'm sliding into second base move and he's going to mm. pull a gun from either aisle under a pew. I love this. And he's going to start... So we've got. This I think he now. also. I think he also like dynamites the hymnals. Oh yeah. Like this like he puts like C four blocks in the hymnals so that like the whole thing was planned. Like he knew this is where the showdown was going to happen. There's very much. And so like, like the, the, when he did, he like C fours the building and like nukes the church and that's like that's the fireworks a, at the end. There's a very much like a a monster squad preparation scene. Yes. Where he's just rigging the church. Mm-hmm. So okay, so I think that's that's a great third act. I think that's going to help us build, so we can build now to this third act. And we've got a great yeah. start. We've got a cop. We we'll call them like the Bible Land Murders, right? Okay. The heart of the Bible Belt. Oh, the Bible Belt Murders. The Bible Belt Murders. There you go. Great. Um, and uh, Carl Weathers can have a pithy line like, what is that, some kind of wrestling championship for Christians or something? And they're like, no, the Bible Belt, Carl Weathers. Like, uh, you know. Um, uh, well, yeah, and then, I mean, to go back to my thing, like you could call them the killer, the devil of the Bible Belt. Now you're getting, this is getting better. Your ideas like, for his name. Now you are a brilliant guy and you are really carrying this episode, but your names, <laughs> your names for that guy? have been fucking awful. The land land of lakes, Lucifer. The the Bible Belt Beelzebub. The demon of Denver. The the demon of something is not bad. I like that. Well, okay, so so I like this. Okay, yeah, you're right, you're right. What I I think is like, okay, I think we know what the beginning is, right? Like we set up Carl Weathers as like this super badass. We set up uh, the devil of the Bible Belt as... Uh, like a kill, you know, the killer who can knock on the door, get into anyone's house. I think, oh God, that first one has to be like, he, he, you know, he knocks on a doorbell and like a, a dad, like a suburban dad comes to the door and he's like, oh, we're, we don't really, we're not really into that kind of stuff. I'd say I'm really more spiritual than religious or, you know, he's kind of like shooing him off sure. and brutally eviscerates the guy. And then he has to have some line where he he, he has to drop the Bible and say, like, line and verse or something, you know, whatever. Yeah, I think cl- – so there's going to be a lot of heavy-handed Bible quotes. I think, oh, yeah. I think that our, our, our second act, our middle act – because we call them acts. A lot of Planet X films are just like – and we have discussed this in great detail. The middle third is just – rough in a lot of Planet X films. I think if this is going to be a good Planet X film, what I would like the middle third to be would kind of be like Carl Weathers sort of interacting with the townspeople who are all odd. You know, just uh, like Emo Phillips is in this movie, right? Like, you know, like, (laughs) like those kinds of people. And 
interspersed with these brutal murders. Now, what we have to do is figure out how in that second act, it Carl Weathers figures out who the murderer is mm -hmm. and that he's going to trap him in the church because that's his base of operations. Again, doesn't know that he's the literal devil. Mm -hmm. So that's what I think we need to at least pin down a little sharper is how does Carl Weathers figure out who the killer is? Is it as simple as like seeing him leave a house or is he talking to one of the townspeople? Mm. And so I was, okay, here's, I was thinking about this earlier and maybe this gets us there because there, there needs to be a reason that the devil can't leave the town. Like, and what I was thinking is like, he's got like a big black Cadillac or something. And Carl Withers figures out that that's his car before he figures out who he is. And he's able to like somehow dismantle that or, or stop. Like there has to be some, like there has to be a reason why the devil doesn't just run away. And I think that can be part of that second act is like, yeah, Carl Weathers gets to know the town. There's a couple of red herrings. He thinks it's the trucker who's moving through town. Turns out it's not that. And he has a really awkward encounter where he kicks in his motel room and he's like, you know, shagging a prostitute or something. And he's oh, like, oh, sorry. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, oh my God. Like, it's like, creature. Like, no, no, no. Okay, wrong room, wrong room. I've, I, I, I've got it. Okay. And this is going to involve us making sure that the minister is established as uh, Sorry, pause. Did that prostitute have a bad 80s boob job? You know she did. Oh, yeah, and a flat butt, too. It's the 80s, dude. Yeah, um, like, um, so here's what's going to happen. Okay. And it's, it's going to rely on two things. First of all, you said that the first murder that pops off is going to be a guy that's like, I'm more spiritual than religious, all right? Mm -hmm. And also, the first scene in the movie is the, is the devil killing the minister. Now, what needs to be established is that the minister is not actually a man of faith, okay? And the mm -hmm. reason I say this is the devil's got a list, and that's why there's a pattern. He's killing the unfaithful. Nobody in the church congregation is getting murdered. Oh. It's the people who aren't going to church, which is a significant minority in a tiny, tiny rural town. So that's how Carl Weathers develops a pattern. All the people that are dying are the people that don't go to church. Yeah, okay, I like that. Like, okay, no, 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 this is good. Because he shows up to town infiltrating the, the church as the preacher, and he becomes convinced that they're all like, total creepos and like they're they're yes. all like weirdo monsters but then he exactly. comes to find out actually they're safe the devil can't kill them he's killing like yeah the, 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 the trucker like oh my god that's it so he kicks down the door thinking the trucker is the killer and he's like oh no this guy's just like a skis ball okay i'm out of here and then the door closes knock 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 trucker's like go away preacher opens the door the devil's there Exactly. So the and devil it, is like it's like Pumpkinhead. Like the devil is moving through this this town, killing the killing the the, the unfaithful sinners, right? Exactly. But and Carl Weathers is sent to infiltrate. Oh my God! Which holy crap! As a cop, at the end he has to be like, you can't just take the law into your own hands. Like the devil's like, these are bad people I'm killing, and he's like, they deserve trial, right? Yeah. <laughs> he like, he's like, you know, nobody can play God, not even the devil. <laughs> Oh, man. And you know what? It's got to be one of those where, you know, because we talked about how Carl Weathers' life is so bad. This is how he finds faith. Oh, I like it. He only finds faith by literally having a gunfight with Satan. <laughs> so he's got to have oh, some pithy man. line at the end where someone's like, now do you believe? And he's like, I'm coming around. You know, something like that. You know, it's just something yeah. like... Yeah, or like, yeah, I think, okay, the last scene of the movie is him. Okay, like, we'll get, we'll get to that middle third. We got to talk about that. Last scene of the movie, uh, Carl Weathers is now cleaned up. He's not covered in soot and, you know, blood and stuff. Uh, oh, I'm going to throw this in. There's a diner in town. That's the love interest is, like, the, the woman who runs the diner. That's, that's good. That's par for the course. I like that. Right? And so it's like after the, after the, the, the church blows up because you see four is the, the hymnals. You know, uh, it shows the church burning, the devil's dead. It, it goes up to the sky, crossfade, cleaned up Carl Weathers. Now he's wearing like a red polo and some khakis. Uh, and the, the diner gal is with him. They're loading their bags into a convertible because they're, they're getting out of town. And she says something like, yeah, like, did this, did this restore your faith or something like that? 
and uh, he's got like a gold cross necklace now. Yes, I thought of and the gold cross necklace. She's yeah. like, what's this? And he's like, I guess I gained a little faith. And then like he kisses it, and, like tucks it into his polo, flexes his gun so hard that his shirt tears off and then drives away into the sunset. And I love that. And I just want to say that the phrase is, that's par for the course. And we'll come back to that middle third is exactly how every movie we like gets made. Those, <laughs> yeah, those yeah, they get phrases, to set and they're like, Did, we wrote the second act, right? Like Those two phrases are on the wall in the writing room frame. <laughs> like, that's par for the course. Or we'll come back to that second act. Like, that's... <laughs> Yeah, I feel no, like another one is. I feel like another one is like that's how guns work. Yeah, that's like, how guns work. It's like the guy gets shot and he flies twenty feet and lands inside of a car. They're like, yeah, that's that's how guns work, right? Like, yeah. Cocking guns left and right, like the bullets aren't gonna fall out. I don't even <laughs> like guns, and I know guns don't work that way. Come on now. Um, <laughs> Do you remember? This is a little. Sorry, this is a side of it. Do you remember when I found a gun in the house we moved into? When we moved into the into the house, the big brick two-story house, we no, were... I because I was in college. No, nah, you were there, dog. I remember this. Oh, the day we moved in? No, I don't yes. remember. So literally the day we moved into that house, I went up into my bedroom, and in the closet, there was a handgun on, on the shelf. Oh, shit, and that's I, I went and got you, and I was like, hey, I need you to come with me and witness this. Like, that's I pulled right. down the gun, and then we went downstairs. I was like, we have to tell mom, but mom's going to freak out. And you were like, yeah. So you went in the room and were like, hey, mom, do not freak out. That's right. Drew has a handgun. And she was like, oh, my God, we got to get your father. So dad gets the gun, and he goes out in the yard to unload it. And he, like, he was, like, looking it over like it was some kind of foreign object. And I was like, it's the little switch, like, just above the, the trigger. It's the switch. And he was like, oh, okay. And he hit it, and the, ma and the magazine fell out. And he was like, okay, we're all good. And I was like, no, 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 dog, there's one in the chamber. You got you to click it. And he clicked <laughs> it, and it came out. And he was like, how the hell did you know that? And I literally looked at him and was like, have you never seen Die Hard? <laughs> that whole movie is about collecting ammo. Like, I also want to say still, that I still believe that my love of shitty movies saved our father from committing an accidental homicide that day. And that man grew up literally hunting squirrels. Yeah. <laughs> and he does not know how guns work. Well, but he was using like Old West carbines or something. He wasn't using like a Yeah, he, like was, a Glock. he was doing 22s. Yeah. Man, I had forgotten that. Yeah, man. I, I was really hoping... Thank you, thank you, Die Hard. Thank you, John McTiernan saved, saved my papa's life. <laughs> wow. That's... Well, is there anything Die Hard can't do? Sure. Suck, I guess. Like, no, no. Oh, wow, that's such a touching story. I'm glad, I'm glad that that's recorded somewhere. We'll probably I cut it on the podcast, but I'm glad that it's recorded somewhere. I, I totally forgot that. Oh, okay. I, I got an idea for the, for, the, for the second half of the second act here. So what if Carl Weathers... He's the first couple murders pop off. We've got the, the minister at the top of the film. We've got the trucker. We've got the guy who's spiritual, not religious, right? So we're setting up. And, and by the way, we will start off with the preacher like in his apartment or in his like parish office. And he's like doing shots of whiskey and he's got like porno magazines. Like we yeah, gotta set him up trying, as just like. I was, I was trying to stay away from there being an actual child in there because that's just too rough. No, we're not gonna go there. No, no, no way. But like, he's got like, he's like looking at it. Like, you know how they do this in 80s movies where like guys just casually reading a porno? Yeah. yeah. Like, I think he's like, like he's, he's looking at, yeah, he's looking at like Hustler. He's doing, he's drinking whiskey. He's like, look at the jugs on this one. And then there's like a knock at the door. He like shovels, shoves it all off his desk and the devil kills him. Yeah. So, then we've got the trucker who Carl Weathers initially thinks is the killer, but he's not. He gets wiped out. I think we've got a third one, which is this spiritual, not religious guy. They're all men. Is that? I guess that's okay. Um, and it could be. It could be a suburban mom for the third one. And uh, so I think. I think at this yeah. point. I think at this point, Carl Weathers like he's is he nearby or oh, there's like a somebody witnesses that murder. That's what it's like, got to be. Like the mom's kid. Or something. No, it's his love interest. His love interest. She witnesses it. Yeah. Oh my God. Because that gets him, that gets her in, on his side. Yes. Yeah. And let's give her some agency. That way, she's in the movie more than just like he goes to the diner. Okay, that's like, it. So he's he's on his way to pick her up to like it's to go for like a walk because he's a preacher, but it, like he's yeah. trying to play it off like it's a date, right? Yeah. And her next door neighbor is the spiritual but not religious lady. She witnesses the murder and screams. Carl Weathers is walking up to her house in the preacher uniform, like with some flowers. Here's the scream, starts running, 
like gets there and she's like, oh my God, the killer, he's, he's still here somewhere. So Carl Weathers is like chasing this dude around and then he like catches sight of him. Like the dude looks back for a second and then he gets into his like black Cadillac and spins out. So now Carl Weathers like, okay, he couldn't, he didn't prevent that murder, but he knows the dude's a Bible salesman now. Like, oh, when he opens up his car door, Bibles fall out. And yes. so like, okay. so he knows, so he knows the guy's a Bible salesman. He can ID him. He can see his face and he knows he drives a black Cadillac. So I think he, now he goes around town being like hanging up signs. Like, don't listen to, don't open the door for this guy. Like, I think you know, we've got to, okay. At this point. So I now the devil knows he's, the devil knows he's made and he has to stay in town to kill Carl Weathers. I think in order to make the movie good, we have to do, Carl Weathers doesn't know it's the actual devil, but he knows something's no. going on. He sees the car peel off. And he rounds the corner to watch it go down the street. The car's not there anymore. We gotta oh, have cool. this. Yeah, 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 yeah. We gotta have this kind of oh, stuff. No, 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 no. There's the tracks. Bodies. The bodies have to look like animal attacks. I like that. I like that a lot. And he's like, "Oh, he must be using razor blades or something." Or like. But no, I like. I like. He turns the corner. Like he's running after the the Cadillac. It turns. By the way, the license plate says six six six. He turns a corner. Uh, that's just gonna happen. He turns the corner. He turns the corner. The car's not there. The tracks are there, except Back to the Future style. They're flames. Flames. Yeah, I was thinking, okay, yeah, I like that. I like that. Or is that too obvious? Well, no, 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 no. I, I, was, I was trying to... Uh, no, no, it's not, it's not too obvious. I was trying to just kind of, like, sprinkle, like, little eerie moments. Not like... Okay. Yeah, you're right. No, it just disappears. You're right. And that way, when he's like, I'm the fucking devil, it's a payoff, you know? Yeah. You know, you know he's like a demon or he's some kind of supernatural killer or a ghost or something. And then at that final scene where he's like, his cloven feet hit the floor, you know, then it's like, oh my God. And that's when like random fires start bursting yes. out, yes. you know, and and, you know, you have this ultimate killer style shootout in a church except for it's carl weathers and a claymation demon that's like 12 feet tall i love this film i love this film love so this film. bad do you want to cast it are we there i think we can cast it let's do it so we obviously yeah. have we have carl weathers carl weathers is in the mix i think if this were made today i would say ian mcshane is the devil yeah but it's like not, but I, it's not i just don't think yeah great idea. it's not i think you know what's interesting and we always shoehorn people we like into it. We're not, I don't think we have to do Gary Busey this time, but I think Gary Busey could definitely be like the trucker. You know, you know? yeah, if you can imagine Gary Busey in a movie, it's probably a pretty good candidate for Planet X. Yeah, that's, I, I actually did a casual Facebook post to my friends last night about, hey, me and Drew spent the day together doing Planet X stuff. It was really funny. And we did a podcast and I said, we cast Gary Busey. And then I was like, we will always cast Gary Busey. Like he will always be. Uh, he's always, yeah, he's always there. But, he, we, have a, we have an open door policy with regards to Mr. Gary and I, Jake Busey. What, what, I, what I was going to say, and, and tell me if I'm way off on this, is what about really early Jeff Goldblum as the Bible murder salesman? Whoa. Wow. Because it makes him eerie and not, not implicitly evil. Yeah. But he's odd and off-putting. Dude, I like that a lot. I was going to suggest... Remember, really young. Really young Goldblum. Yeah, like the Fly era Goldblum. Like... Buckaroo Banzai era. Babyface Goldblum. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Earth Girls. Earth Girls. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Earth Girls, Jeff Goldblum. Exactly. I like it, dude. I like it a lot. Um, I was going to suggest the dude who played uh, T-1000, Robert Patrick. Yeah. I think it's a little on the nose. He he had he would if you put him in that white shirt and those black it would have a, he would have a very falling down kind of look. But he's got that like yeah he's got that like straight laced like I can see that fool being a Bible salesman because he's he can do like that little creepy T one thousand like have you seen this boy like but do the thing that they sometimes do or that Jeff Goldblum does in real life actually put those big thick glasses on him yeah that's pretty good and like. Put him in those like black slacks, nondescript, short sleeve, white shirt. Like there are other people I would like to populate this city with. I'm not joking about Emo Phillips. I think he would be a really good. He's a townsperson. I like him as a townsperson. I think, um, you know, I think you're you're looking at a lot of stock kind of character actors from the 
late 70s, early 80s, playing like yeah. the older townspeople. How but do you, uh, the, the love interest, though, is who I'm thinking about. How do you feel about Catherine Mary Stewart for that one? Ooh, that's good. I, I, her and Carl Weathers might be kind of a weird, a weird mashup, but it seems like the kind of film she would have done. Yeah. Like they sold it to her like it was her lethal weapon, but then it just super wasn't. Yeah, I like the idea of someone going like, Carl Weathers is going to shoot the devil. It's basically lethal weapon. You want to do it? She's like, um, sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> Those last Starfighter checks aren't cashing like they used to. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think, um, you know, there's there's a lot of, I don't, I don't want to get too overblown with it. I think that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good choice you would think that she had done one of those. And I don't yeah. think I don't think she ever did an action flick, but I could I, I could she ever did an action flick. But so. I could see her I could see her in like The Hidden instead of Commander Ivanova from Babylon Five. Like she she should have done an action movie at some point. Before we leave the movie, I think that there should be a scene where the congreg where the choir sings How Great Thou Art. Totally. So because you know you gotta have that on the nose thing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then also since we're talking that's my segue into soundtrack in this bad boy and i want except to do the, the credits music i want that 83 84 that's pretty good that's like metal heart era right when did metal heart come out uh 85 i believe okay so we're not too far off or scorpions no, I like I like except because I think they couldn't afford scorpions, so they went to the, and, the working so they, man's. Yeah, they got well. Like, yeah, I mean, look, we got Carl Weathers here, right? He's not Carl Weathers is the poor man's Arnold in a lot of ways. Yeah, well, he's well, the, I guess there's there's a better analogy for that, right? Like Dolph Lundgren is probably the poor man's Arnold. Yeah, right? Dolph Lundgren is the poor man's Arnold. Carl Weathers is the he's Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers is great. He is the best. He's uh, great. But, but what I'm saying is, like, yeah, there's no way they got the Scorps for this one. There's no yeah. way they got fucking Van Halen. But they could probably swing except. I mean, du Udo Dirkschneider wouldn't say no to this one. Do like, you think we could get a Y&T song in there? Oh, Striper. Oh, yeah. Christian, has, Christian Metal. It has to be Striper. Oh, it's got to be Striper. Oh, yeah. Okay, so, that Yeah. I think Striper is going to be like our our credits music, opening credits. Oh, hell yeah. No, when and there's a ballad in there at the top or something, like... Yeah, and then we're going to have Accept over those end credits. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a movie right there. Could Striper cover How Great Thou Are? <laughs> What's there? Didn't they have one that's called, called, like, The Devil Sucks or, like, The Devil's a Loser? Or like... Yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh, this has to be the track. To hell with the devil is the greatest name for a song. <laughs> yeah, okay. To, <laughs> to hell, hell with the devil. Okay, great. Stripers to hell with the devil. So, um, to oh, hell with my the... God, this writes itself. To hell with the devil is going to be the opening credit music and then Except writes an original song for the credits. And that, that is a film. We put a bow on that one. That one's done. I would, I want to see this, this movie. This is the problem with our podcast, though, now, is we are creating our own problems. Like, we are, we are creating suffering for ourselves because I will never get to watch How Great Thou Art starring Carl Weathers, Catherine Mary Stewart, and Jeff Goldblum with a soundtrack by Striper. Like, I think this I think is a get great, it. I think we nailed it. I think this is a great place to wrap up How Great Thou Art. I hope that, uh, thanks again to Ben Bellamy, my good ben. friend great movie title he sent us a bunch so you're gonna be hearing ben's name some more he yeah. sent us doozies well, ben uh, tell us tell us how we did also tell us how you like how great thou art yeah yeah give us some notes and uh i'm really happy with that one G great job drew you really you really came in through with some key notes hey, thanks there. i don't know that was a, that was a good collabo Boy, we were struggling out of the gate. I just want to say you really spurred that horse out of there, man. You were like, Carl Weathers is in this. It was like, all right. I, I just felt like I felt like we had to put somebody in there. That we needed an anchor, and there is there is no man in my mind who is more of, a, of an artistic anchor than well, Carl. Fantastic. I'm so sorry, Carl Weathers. I didn't mean to call you an artistic anchor. 
I'm sorry, bud. I think he's you're unironically think you're great. He's not an anchor holds you in place. Sure, let's say that. <laughs> That's really not much better. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's it for episode two of Planet X Cinema, the podcast. Thank you so much to Ben for that great suggestion. Hope you guys liked it. Uh, if you have a suggestion for a hypothetical movie title you'd like to see transformed into a Righteous Trast film, please uh, send it to planetxcinema at gmail.com or visit us at planetxcinema.com. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, please share this podcast with a friend, and we will see you next week. Thank you.